Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> Let's pray before we start this morning. <clears throat> Father, we're grateful to be here again, to be assembled with your people. We pray for your strength and your presence with us this morning as we look into your word. We pray that you would help us to see what you want us to see, that we would be with the brother who speaks after me as well and be with me and uh, help me to speak what you want me to speak. And I pray for your strength again as we look at your word to, to really understand and uh, to understand what your heart is behind it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> This morning for an opening, I'd like to share a short devotional on vision. Um, it's a subject that's been on my mind uh, a lot the past while. <clears throat> what is our vision? Why do we wake up in the morning? Uh, what do we engage in throughout the day? And what is its ultimate purpose? What are we trying to achieve? What is our vision? And then more importantly, um, does our answer or solution to that question align with what we see in the New Testament? Um, these are the questions that have been swirling in my mind for a while. And uh, it's a question for each of us individually. But it's also very much a question for us collectively. Because each of us, I feel, could have a, could have a solid biblical-based vision in our hearts about what we are or what we should be working towards, what we're trying to be and accomplish as a church. But if this is different for each brother or sister, if there's not a striving together for a common vision, then we won't move forward in any or with any clear direction. I recently heard a brother quote it this way. He said, a lack of clear vision leads to division. If there's no clarity about where we're going together and what our purpose is together, everyone will be striving for the direction that they see fit and it will lead to division. A lack of clear vision leads to division. Um, first verse that popped into my mind thinking about this is Proverbs 29, 18, a verse that we all probably know. Where there is no vision, the people perish. If there's not a clear purpose and direction of where we are going and what we're doing, then we will stand still. So my goal this morning... Um, it's not to lay out what I think our vision should be, um, but rather just for each of us to examine and begin to ponder this. What should our vision and purpose be as a part of the kingdom of God? So to help us think about this, I'd like to think about what was Jesus's vision for the kingdom of God. Several times throughout the Gospels, Jesus says, the kingdom is like this, or the kingdom is like that. And then he would share a parable to describe it. 
And then, and, he, and I would say that the most often repeated element that Jesus speaks about is that the kingdom of God is supposed to expand and grow. This is, I believe, the central part of what Jesus' vision of the kingdom is. And I'd like for us to look at this, because I believe it's a key element that Jesus foresaw in his kingdom. Um, we're doing a lot of reading from uh, Matthew 13, so it'd be worth your time to go there. There's quite a few of Jesus' parables here. I'm going to start in Matthew 13, verse 31. This is the parable of the mustard seed. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows... It is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. So here Jesus sees the kingdom as a very small seed. I think a lot of us have seen a mustard seed. Um, Jesus calls it the smallest of all seeds. And that tiny seed grows and grows bigger and bigger from its humble little beginning as the smallest of seeds, to become the largest of herbs, as Jesus calls it, a tree. Um, some are up to 15, 20 feet high, um, large enough so that it becomes a shelter for birds to come and perch in its branches. So though it may start small and insignificant looking, Jesus sees his kingdom as growing bigger and bigger to become a tree large enough to be a refuge and a shelter for those in need. The kingdom that Jesus sees grows and expands. Um, there's a parable right after this, verse 33, parable of the leaven <clears throat> or the yeast. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into three measures of flour until it worked all through the dough. Once again, we see how Jesus saw the kingdom as starting small and spreading into the entire lump until it had worked all throughout the dough and all of it is leaven. He sees it as continually growing on the advance, making progress, spreading until it fills the whole world. Um, just like in the vision of Daniel, if you remember, where Daniel sees God's kingdom as the stone that rolls down the mountain and shatters the kingdoms of the world. And it grows into a mountain that it says fills the whole world. Jesus also shows here in this parable how the kingdom is going to spread and grow its influence from within rather than from without. Just as the yeast is mixed into the lump of dough and begins to work through it from the inside. So the kingdom of God works by changing and transforming cultures from the inside out. By the faithful witness of ambassadors of God's kingdom, 
living with a people where they are, the kingdom grows, spreads, and advances until eventually it will fill the whole earth. This is Jesus' vision of what his kingdom will do. Um, I'd like to go back to the start of Matthew 13, verse 2. This is a parable that we know, the parable of the sower. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky soil, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. So I'm not going to go into this one too much. There's a lot here in this parable. But I just want us to look at in this one, what does the good soil look like? What does it do? It has growth and fruit. It produces grain up to a hundredfold more than you started with. Later, after the disciples ask him, Jesus explains the parable And he says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away, snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. And then later on, he says, as for what was sown on the good soil, this is what was sown. Sorry, um, for the good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case, a hundredfold, in another 60, and in another 30. So Jesus says, if we truly understand the word of the kingdom, if we truly understand what Jesus' vision is of the kingdom, then we will indeed bear fruit in yields even up to a hundredfold. Um, one last parable I want to look at. The parable of the net in Matthew 13, 47. So verse 47 in the same chapter. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This parable at first glance may seem unrelated to the subject, but let's look at what Jesus is saying. He says, the kingdom is like fishermen letting down a net. Now, this net is obviously some kind of a large drag net that's meant to drag up anything that it sweeps along in its path. And when it's full, they pull it on shore and they begin sorting the good from the bad. 
Now it says that the angels are the ones who will be doing the sorting at the end of the age. So if this is a picture of what God's kingdom should be like, then according to Jesus' picture here, what are we as part of that kingdom supposed to be doing? Where are we in this one? I believe we're supposed to be tossing our nets in and catching the fish. And not just line and pole type of fishing. We're supposed to be fishing with large drag nets, pulling in people and from all walks of life, calling all kinds of people into God's kingdom. According to Jesus, this is what his people, this is what he sees his people doing in this parable. Jesus told his disciples, as soon as he met some of them, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. That's what Jesus foresaw that his people would be doing. They would be spreading his kingdom by continually bringing more people into it. <clears throat> so I hope that through these parables of Jesus, we can see what a central part of Jesus's vision was that his kingdom would continually grow and spread, continually calling more people and bringing more people into it. So, again, my goal with this is that each one of us would examine ourselves and ponder what is our vision? What are we getting up to do each morning? What is our purpose in the kingdom of God? And then, again, most importantly, does our answer to that line up with what we see in, as Jesus' vision of the kingdom? In Matthew 9, 37, in closing, Jesus says, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors into his harvest. This is, as far as I know, the only prayer request that Jesus officially puts out there that we should be continually praying for. Jesus clearly had a heart for seeing his kingdom expanding and drawing more people in. If Jesus' vision for his church focused on the growth and expansion of his kingdom, then shouldn't ours as well. It's my hope that we could all prayerfully examine ourselves and move forward into everything that Christ is calling us to be. <clears throat> Amen.